Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern Ned Reynolds on probably one of the most important Red Fridays of my entire life. I know I've said that before. It feels good to say it again. What is a historic mark the Chiefs are going to look to conquer in Las Vegas on Sunday? I'm so proud to be a part of a most important day in your life. Thank that you. You know what? I am too, Ned. Thank you for <laughs> saying that. That makes me feel good. I appreciate you. Why, it, here why is it important to you? Well, because the Chiefs are really and only have been, the as far as professional sports, the, the team that my family and I have followed my entire life, the earliest memories of my life. Dad, huge Chiefs fan. That's just, I've, I've bled red and gold my entire life the, when we were awful. I was the only kid on the playground saying, I want to be Steve DeBerg. What kind of kid says that, right? But, <laughs> I did. Michael Holmes. I did. Steve DeBerg. Forget well, about it, but you still. Didn't, you didn't answer your question, though. The question was, what kind of a kid would say that? What kind of a kid were you? A kid that just loved football and loved the Kansas City Chiefs, my guy. Still do. Still do. All right, you want to know about the historic significance in this Super Bowl? No team, and this is, this is a very obscure, trivial fact, but no team has ever won back-to-back Super Bowls and been the underdog in both of them. And the Chiefs have a chance to do that. They were underdogs in Philadelphia last year. Not by very much. Not by very much. And they aren't underdogs by very much in this one. But the betting guys out in Vegas say point and a half, two points, maybe two and a half. But they are the dogs. And So, can the Chiefs pull it off? I think they will. I hope you're right, sir. I just, everyone asks me that question, and I don't, I don't give an answer because I don't, I can't think about it like that. I just want the game to happen, and whatever happens, happens, and then... Now, I want you to remember that on Monday I when will. we gather. I will. Well, I will. Whatever happens... Happens. happens. Uh, despite, we'll see. You know what? I'm not complaining about anything. The game hasn't happened yet. Um, so we got to give uh, we got to give props to Lamar Jackson. He had a great regular season. Obviously, took kind of a dive in the postseason, but he is the MVP. And postseason doesn't count in nope. the voting. It is a regular season, and Lamar Jackson. Get this, folks. He's one of the only eleven players, only eleven in NFL history ever to have more than one MVP. Now has two of them. And Jackson did have a great year. No, the Baltimore Ravens were not great shakes against the Chiefs. Why? Who knows why? But the fact is that during the regular season, 3,600 yards passing, 24 touchdowns. Hey, this guy, this guy's a pretty doggone good player and still has more than likely a number of outstanding years ahead of him. He's still, he's still just a mm-hmm. kid. He needs to get a team attitude, and he needs to have a team around him. It's yeah. a team game, folks. And when you look at the bottom line on things, it's what your your team did. That's who you remember. Yeah, the individuals are great, but it's not an individual game. Now, those awards, and these are based on the regular season, are individual awards. Comeback Player of the Year, I'm a little surprised at this one, but the media voted for Joe Flacco as opposed to the Hamlin kid from the Buffalo Bills. But Flacco did take his team, came off a couch somewhere, and took the (laughs) Cleveland Browns, and he made them into a championship-contending team. So you do have to uh, give him credit. And the Man of the Year, many of you are not familiar with Cam Hayward, but... 
He's an outstanding defensive tackle with the Pittsburgh Steelers and a guy who is generally regarded in very high circles around the NFL for what he does. So that that's a, a good award. Now, there are many others, but we're concentrating uh, on them. Also, big props to C.J. Stroud, offensive player of the AFC. And it was AFC specifically, right? Rookie of the year, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's – dude, he, he – <laughs> He's going to have a hell of a career in Houston, I think. He's going to be something we're going to probably face down the road in the next few years. Oh, I sure. suspect next year. Yeah, it's going to be a tough matchup. All right, uh, let's move on to basketball with the uh, Panthers and Lady Panthers up in Kansas City. How'd they do? They split. The Lady Panthers, this is interesting, Lady Panthers played Rockhurst, and Rockhurst's Lady team, the Lady Hawks, had won every single one of their home games this year until last Wow. Night. And Drury came from behind. The Drury Lady Panthers beat them 85-67, ran away down the the stretch in the third and fourth period. So Drury does win that game, but not the men's game. Boy, Rockhurst took it out on the uh, the Panthers. 94 to 67 was the final score. Rockhurst won that one. So it is a split. The teams do remain up in Kansas City, and they'll play William Jewell in Liberty, and that comes up tomorrow. It's going to be a busy weekend, my friend. Of course, we got the uh, Super Bowl on Sunday, but before that, we got big tests for both the Bears and Lady Bears in town. Lady Bears begin tonight, as a matter of fact, with the 6.30 game over at the Great Southern Bank Arena, and they are playing Belmont. Belmont's in a tie for first place in the Missouri Valley Conference, but only a half a game back are the Lady Bears. So a win tonight, and that will put the Lady Bears into top stead in the Missouri Valley Conference. Key, because you're coming up on the postseason and the Valley Tournament up in the uh, Rock Island, Illinois area, and the higher your seed, of course, the, the better your chances are of going on to championship play because you're playing lesser teams. So if the Lady Bears do well in this one and well against Murray State on Sunday at 2 o'clock at the Great Southern Bank Arena, they could have a very big weekend. As far as the Bears are concerned, Bears are coming off a loss, a loss to Northern Iowa, and that was on Wednesday night. Tomorrow afternoon at 1 o'clock, they play Numero Uno in the Missouri Valley Conference. Numero Uno is Indiana State, and they are a very, very good basketball team. They're well-balanced. They play as a team. They can score. They are physical. They have a kid on their team named Robbie Avila. He is from the Chicago area. <laughs> and, Mike, I, I, it's unfair to say, boy, he doesn't look like a basketball player. What's a basketball player supposed to look like? Very true. Well, the fact is this kid doesn't look like he belongs out there. But oh my, does he ever. <laughs> and he is something to see in his own right. That'll be a big game, 1 o'clock tomorrow. And then it is time to concentrate on the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, you got. are you on all these games this weekend? Oh, heavens yes. All right, man, your dance card is full, my guy. All right. Well, the Mizzou Tigers have not had a great season, but what about the Lady Tigers? Lady Tigers have been up and down this year, more down than up, unfortunately. And last night, they played number one in America. Like the Lady Gamecocks from South Carolina, like Dawn Staley's team, mm -hmm. played them in Columbia. Well, you're saying, well, of course they played them in Columbia. Both teams are in cities named Columbia. Well, this was in Columbia, South Carolina. Oh, my. And you knew this might happen. 83-45. to 45, Whoa. South Carolina blew Missouri right out of the ballpark. And that's South Carolina's going to do that. They are a really, really top-notch team. Now, they do have... South Carolina has a non-conference game coming up on Sunday for national television purposes about, oh, two and a half or three hours before the Super Bowl game. And they're playing UConn. Now, Gino Auriemma just won his 1,200th career game. He's one of only three coaches ever to do that. But his team is not quite what they've been in the past. And it is a team game, not an individual. 
but I'm anxious to see how he gets his kids ready for the Gamecocks because this will be a terrific matchup. Yeah, it should be. And uh, if you like basketball, something to do before the Super Bowl starts. Well, guess what? Chiefs again going to the Super Bowl against the 49ers or in Sin City. And that means Ned Talk starts at noon on Sunday. It does indeed. We'll all be here. The B-Team and I will be here at 12, 12 noon on Sunday for our one-hour pre-pregame show. Now, Mike, you might explain to the folks exactly how the broadcast works because Mitch Holdis will not be on it. Well, part of, he will be on part of it. So, But not uh, the play-by-play. Well, not the play-by-play. So basically, Ned Talk, obviously, noon to one, and then we'll take Westwood one. There is a bunch of special Super Bowl programming. They've got Kurt Warner on some stuff, which is pretty cool. Um, and then about 3 o'clock, we'll take the Chiefs Radio Network. We'll be in pregame with that. So if you're partying or whatever and you want to get in with Mitch and all the guys, that's when to do it, 3 to 4. And then we'll get back with Westwood 1. They do the play-by-play for the Super Bowl. And then after the uh, trophy presentation, we'll have the Chiefs Radio Network again for the postgame. So, yeah, busy day. And hopefully a victorious one. And hopefully a victorious one. And that is all on Sunday. And then, folks, as tough as this may be to swallow, football will end. Feels like it just started. It went by so fast. But you know what is just starting? Baseball. Baseball. Bring it on, man. I know you're happy about that, Ned. You have a great weekend. Enjoy the basketball and the football. And go Chiefs.